Welcome into Opportunity Detroit, brought to you by Rocket Mortgage. Ford Field is the site of a great event for Michigan startups this fall. We'll talk to the venture capitalist behind this effort. We'll also talk to the designer behind a pop-up in Detroit featuring very creative clothing. And if you like sports memorabilia and clothes with sports logos, you'll enjoy our conversation with the founder of Fanatic U. A great show about what's happening in and around the D coming up right after these messages. Welcome into Opportunity Detroit. Our first guest to kick off this week's show is Chris Rizek. He's the CEO and managing partner of Renaissance Venture Capital. Chris is here today to talk about their upcoming on Demo Day in the fall. But Chris, first of all, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ann. Great to be here. Oh, I love it that you're here with us in studio, Chris. Also, why don't you start out and talk to our listeners a little bit about your company? Sure. I started Renaissance back in 2008, right in the heart of the recession, (laughs) with the idea venture capital is driving the economy in lots of places in the country. It really wasn't here in Michigan even though we had most of the elements. We've got these great universities putting out research. We've got a plethora of engineers. We have the makings of what should be a great area for startup companies, for tech companies, and it just wasn't happening here. So the idea behind Renaissance was, how can we create an environment where capital from around the country comes to help startup companies here in Michigan and grow them here in Michigan, taking advantage of the natural strengths that we have as a state. So Renaissance is a fund of funds. So what we do is we don't invest in startups. We invest in the venture capital funds that invest in startups. And we spread it to venture capital funds around the country, trying to invest in the best funds under the condition that they come here and look at startups in Michigan. So our ideas, there are three pillars behind everything we do. We invest for financial returns with the belief a place like Michigan is underserved and it's a good place for venture capitalists to make money. Secondly, it's to attract capital to Michigan. And then third, we teamed up with a lot of the great large companies in Michigan who've agreed to become part of Renaissance and actually become customers to these startups. So kind of creating a full circle around it to create successful startups here in Michigan. So what was your quotes startup like well gosh and it was it was interesting because it was fall of 2008 i started this was trying to raise this fund renaissance and the world was just falling apart around me it would take a two-hour broadcast to tell the full story needless to say i had to get it completed by the end of 2008 i had to raise this fund 40 million dollars in a few months by the end of 2008 I raised a $40 million on Christmas Eve. <laughs> nice and Christmas present, That's Chris. right. Otherwise, I'd be doing something else right now. So <laughs> it, it was it was right a nail-biter right to the end. And so it, it, it's sort of like any other startup. What's the $40 million figure? Why did you need that amount? I'd done my research and figured out if I didn't have $40 million, I couldn't accomplish what I needed to accomplish. That was sort of the minimum dollar amount I needed. And you fast forward... Having raised just $40 million, that fund, 
that I raised then has attracted a little over a billion dollars into Michigan. That's incredible. And was financially successful, too. That's really interesting. Now, when you first decided to do this, were people kind of like, oh, boy, Chris, I don't know, or did they embrace the idea? Both. Um, We teamed with business leaders from Michigan, an organization you know, and I can't say enough about how the CEOs of companies like DTE and Blue Cross, et cetera, got behind us with that original fund and said, we don't know if this is going to work, and the world is falling apart right now, (laughs) but we're going to take a chance on you. And so there were actually 10 CEOs who came together and put in that 40 million dollars out of their companies. And the gratifying thing for me is they ended up doing quite well financially, but they did it purely because they believed it could help Michigan. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. And you had to make a pitch, much like a startup nowadays would make a pitch to you and your investors. That's right. I had to go out and sit with them. And and I, I remember sitting at one of my investors was in D.C. at the time, talking to Congress about bailouts. And I was there at the same time pitching them. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. What is the key to pitching a new company? What What are some of the things that a, a small startup, somebody who wants to get into business, what do they need to know? In the end, you have to be solving a problem. There are a lot of companies that, you know, the, sort of the joke is, they're a solution looking for a problem. Well, that doesn't work. You need to find a problem that you can solve and come up with an elegant, efficient way to solve it. And then when you're pitching an investor, um, and I have to do the same thing when I'm pitching, they're not there to make your life easier. You're, li- you're there to make their life easier. So how can I solve the problem of this investor? And it could be this investor, they're really interested in cybersecurity and they're trying to find a way to, to find a solution in, in, in cybersecurity. Sure. So. I have to be cognizant of what's your problem and how can I solve it for you rather than come in and tell you my tale of woes and how you need to invest in me to make my life better. Now, you've got this really great event coming up. It's called Undemo Day. You've been doing it for 11, 12 years. Right. That's incredible. What's it all about? The whole idea, it comes back to what we talked about earlier, Anne. Local startups are happening now, and how do we make sure that the best venture capitalists around the country know that they're here. And for those venture capitalists, if they don't know they're here, they're missing investment opportunities. You know, and the startups are missing the possibility of getting money that can drive them forward. Undemo Day is really about matching them together. So we're, we're hold it in Ford Field in the fall, and we're taking over the atrium of Ford Field. And you'll see there, there's gonna be 50 or 60 startup companies with tables there sort of lined up, and we'll have two to 300 venture capitalists from around the country who are coming in. It's a pretty easy way for them to find out what are the best 50 companies in Michigan, rather than them touring around the halls at Michigan State or U of M. They're able to come to a single place and see them all, walk around the room and see what they're doing. But then even more importantly, we spend a couple months before that event beginning to curate what kind of one-on-one meetings can we have. So we identify the 50 companies, we send them out to these venture capitalists and say, here's 10 of these companies that we think are a good fit for you based on the areas in which you invest. And they might say, I want to meet these five. So during the course of that day, we'll have almost like speed dating, 15-minute meetings, super curated, 
where both sides have said, I want this meeting, and they'll meet for 15 minutes. And if all goes right at the end of this day, we'll have made it five to 600 one-on-one meetings, as well as the large group session, and that will result in 10 to 15 of those companies getting investments. In a state where in a great year we have 100 total investments, if 10 or 15 come out of a single day at Ford Field, that's a huge win. And if you look over time, it's been successful enough. And the reason we keep coming to do it again is we've been able to, out of those events and, and other work like that, we've been able to bring in $2.6 billion of capital from around the country into wow. Michigan startups. That's amazing. Now, what's the criteria for a company, a startup company, to be able to be involved in this day, Chris Reisick? So we actually have an application. Right now, if somebody goes to undemoday.com, it'll take them to a page and they can click on and apply. Um, It's really great if it comes through a reference from a place like TechTown or Ann Arbor Spark or one of the universities. That's sort of a validator. Um, But we'll get a few hundred applications. And from that, we have to choose what are the top 50. Well, what we actually do is we go to the experts. Once companies apply, and it's a you know it's an application that's going to take 10 minutes to put together, um, we send it out to the venture capitalists and we say, you vote. What are the top 50 companies? And those top 50 companies will then get a spot at on demo day. And it rotates each year and we get different ones. Some have been here two or three times. Um, So they can keep trying. They can keep trying, for sure. Really, the criteria is you have to be a fast-growth company. If it's, you know, a hair salon or a mowing service, those really aren't the types of things that they're great companies, but they're more lifestyle companies. These tend to be fast-growth, tech-based companies, which are the kind that venture capitalists uh, look to invest in. Can you elaborate on that? Like, what would be some of the fast-growth tech-based companies that would catch Chris Reisick's attention? It is companies that are solving a big problem in the world. I'll give an example of one of our successes from Undemo Day. It was a company based up in the Upper Peninsula called Orbion. Orbion was started by a professor up there who was creating a new type of efficient, fuel-efficient thruster for satellites. And... It was really going to reduce the payload of a satellite, allow them to continue to get smaller, which is what's happening. And he had this idea for creating these thrusters and manufacturing them in Michigan. So he came to Undemo Day about six years ago. Uh, We hooked him up in a one-on-one meeting with a great investment firm out of Boston. They became the first institutional investors in this company. I think they invested $5 million which led then to a year later more investors coming in uh, and investing another $20 million. Oh And now gosh. this company is hiring PhDs from all over the country who are moving to the Upper Peninsula to design these. Plus, he's creating a manufacturing facility. And so we're going to be making these cutting-edge thrusters for satellites in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. What a great success story. That's it, unbelievable. It really Chris. is. It really is. Now, you've also got something called the hot list. What is that? So it kind of comes from Undemo Day. We have all these great startups that apply to Undemo Day, and we have the VCs vote, et cetera. And the idea was, let's take these 50 or 60 companies and create a list of them that we can use year-round in between events so that if we run into a venture capital fund, 
you know, in California or New York, and they say, well, what's going on in Michigan? We can say, well, here's the hot list, and it's a it's a web page, and it allows them to see here's the 50 most interesting companies broken up by sector, but if they really want to dig in, they can get pitch decks from these companies or their, their presentations. They can get videos of the company and allow them to learn more about what's going on in Michigan even before they come here. And so we just released the hot list last week. There was a story in D-Business yesterday about it where we've identified here are the 50 best companies in Michigan that you venture capitalists should be looking at. And that's got to be very helpful to the venture capitalists so they can kind of zero in on where they want to invest or who they want to invest in. Exactly. It helps them to zero in on it. It also helps them to find out what's the overall environment like. We've talked to so many venture capitalists who've never stepped foot in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And for us to be able to to visit them and say, well, just look at this hot list. You'll get a sense of the kind of things that we have going on and you can dig in some more. Um it gets them warm to the area so that when they come to an undemo day or we otherwise get them here, they're kind of prepared to know the kind of things Michigan has to offer. So undemo day, Ford Field, October 11th? 11th. Yes. And it's an all-day event? It's an all-day event. Um, and there's even a, a jam session the night before because a lot of these visiting people from around the country are musicians. So there's actually going to be a concert the night before put on by investors and startup people. But the big, big event is going to be the afternoon of October 11th uh, at in the atrium at Ford Field. Companies that are interested can apply at, at undemoday.com. Investors who are interested can sign up also at undemoday.com. So you bring up a couple of interesting points that are causing me to have a few more questions for you. Number one, what is the environment like here in Michigan right now in 2023 with regard to investment and startups? So Michigan has been a really fast-growing state. In fact, from 19 or from 2016 to 2020, we had the fastest growth of venture capital of any place in the country. And there's a lot of people working on that, uh, including us. And so we moved, I'd say when we started Renaissance, Michigan was a third tier state for venture capital. It's now certainly into the second tier from that growth and trying to head toward becoming a top 10 state. Um, so it's, it's a good environment overall. 2023 is a challenging year for every state. Mm-hmm. The inflation, problems with the economy, uh, and probably a little too heated an environment in 2021 and 2022 has caused 2023 to be a tough year for venture capital. So it's more difficult for startups to raise capital everywhere, but but also in Michigan this year. It makes Undemo Day even more important to get them in front of investors because it's a challenging year. Um, So Michigan's doing great. The universities are doing fantastic. We're also seeing more startups come out of the community. Mm. One of the great things we have here is uh, they talk about companies that are being worth a billion dollars. They call them unicorns in the venture capital world. And Michigan never had unicorns. We've had five unicorns in the last five years. Some pretty important companies, Duo Security out in Ann Arbor, StockX here in Detroit, OneStream up in Oakland County, um, Llamasoft in Ann Arbor. So really gratifying to see Michigan doing that. And what that does is it helps Michigan's reputation. So when we talk to a venture capital fund on the coast, they say, 
I don't want to miss the next duo security. So I'm going to come to Undamo Day and meet with these companies because clearly something's going on in Michigan. You know, keeping the politics out of this, because obviously when we talk about Michigan and Michigan being a good place to do business, you hear different versions of that from different sides of the aisle, right? But in your opinion, you're a venture capitalist. You're a businessman. You see what's going on here. Some of your stories are incredible. Is this a good place to do business, the state of Michigan? It is a good place to do business. It's a good place to do business because of these elements I talked about earlier. Great universities not only provide technology, they provide talent. And talent is the big issue everywhere. Uh, Keeping talent becomes really important here. If you looked 15 years ago, Michigan had that talent coming out of the universities, but we didn't have the talent to lead these startup companies. It's a lot different working in a 50,000-employee auto supplier. That's a lot different than doing a tech startup. Growth trajectory is different. The the volume of activity is different. And we didn't have that leadership because we didn't have experience. But now we have two generations of startups that have come through, and we now increasingly have that leadership talent to go along with the technical talent that we've always had. So yes, Michigan is a good place. But as everybody's talked about over the past few months, and you heard it up at Mackinac, we have to retain the talent coming out of college to continue to be um, competitive. One last question before I let you go. What kind of advice do you have for young entrepreneurs, young adults? It seems like they are very interested in starting their own businesses nowadays. What's your advice for them as they think about starting a company? My advice is, first of all, make sure that there is a problem that you're solving. So talk to people in the industry that you're thinking of selling to. Get advice from them. Get market feedback. Secondly, get mentors. Mentors who've been through it before because a startup is just so different. Um, And it's really tough and it's very lonely being an entrepreneur. So make sure you have people around you with experience who can, you can bounce ideas off of and, and who can help you. And third, don't get so wedded to a single idea that you're not willing to pivot based on feedback you get. Uh, you know, there's, there's an old saying, and that is the second worst thing that can happen is that you create a technology and it doesn't work. The worst thing that can happen is you create a technology that works and nobody cares. So listening to the market makes sure you're, you're aiming toward a solution for a real problem. Oh, such great advice. Chris Rizek, CEO and managing partner of Renaissance Venture Capital. Thank you for being with us today. Thanks so much, Ann. Great to be here. You are listening to Opportunity Detroit. We'll be back right after this. listening to Opportunity Detroit, brought to you by Rocket Mortgage. The fashion brand Des Delmar, founded by Detroit native Valdez Hodge, opened a pop-up location in the 1400 block of Woodward in downtown Detroit earlier this month, in fact, on July 14th. Now, this is a clothing brand that is very creative, and I want to say hello now to this Detroit-born designer, Valdez Hodge. Welcome to the show, Valdez. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So 
explain to our listeners what's Des Del Mar. Des Del Mar is the name of an art clothing brand. Um, Sound for me and my name, um, an artistic background transitioning to fashion. So, what kind of clothing could I expect to find, and what would it look like if I pay a visit to your pop up? Well, if you pay a visit to the pop-up, you can expect an experience uh, more like an art gallery, um, more like a high-end clothing store uh, with luxury pieces as far as pants, uh, accessories, hats, shirts, all fine garments. So tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. You were born here in Detroit. How did you get into this business? Yes, I was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan, uh, on the west side. Um, I always had a strong love for art, even growing up as a kid. So I started off, um, you know, copying pictures, drawing, uh, and slowly graduated to different mediums like charcoal, um, acrylics, and then oil now and canvas-based, commission-based orders. Um, I studied at CCS for two years, studied illustration, um, also working full-time at Ford Motor Company. So I was 10 hours at Ford Motor Company and then six hours at CCS. And um, later just found out, just yearning for a, a, a different uh, feel for the art. So I wanted to express my art through my clothes so it could be seen more, be exposed more, and uh, just grow a little faster than, than canvas, which, which would sit on walls. So this is basically Valdez art on clothing. Would that be a good way to yeah. describe this? Yes, exactly. Wow. How do you do that? Um, just staying creative, staying, uh, out the box. I kind of like to, um, keep in mind what people are not doing, what people are afraid to do, like the daring thing to do, um, so that we just stay unique and we stay different from everybody else. And, um, and we just put our own twist on things and still make it, you know, what people may love. And people are talking about this brand. How did they first start buzzing about this? Because I know that this has become very popular. Yes, I think I grew a lot of my success uh, initially by word of mouth. Um, I didn't have a business background. I don't come from a business background. Um, But my family does work really hard. And I think, um, you know, I learned... And, um, and watch them. So initially, just working, just meeting, uh, just meeting people, networking. I think that um, connecting with the musicians and in, in the city of Detroit oh. kind of, you know, really put a um, really put a buzz on it on the brand. And um, just being at the right events, I know that. Um, I, you, you, it's it's almost hard to be everywhere all the time. So I just I just made sure I chose the right events to show my to show my products. Now one of your more popular products would be the puffer collection. What is that? Yeah, so the puffer collection is a nylon uh, material 
with a polyfill and a stuffed um, logo. Um, so it's all cut and sewn. It's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a process, but uh, it's one of it's one of my more popular because it, uh, it stands out, and even people who are not familiar with the brand just just love those puffer jackets. So interesting. Now, what's the production process for putting art? I mean, really beautiful art on clothing. So you know, the production is. Uh, I have. A, Many ways I uh, I do production. So one being just regular DTG, which is printed on shirts. One would be straight from me hand painting it onto the shirt. Oh. Uh, one would be uh, cut and sew. So like for example, um, if I paint a shirt to scale to scale that item, I might just need to to scan it so I can produce more. So. Um, initially when I first started and painting them hand, one by one, it was a great, it was a great start, but I knew that if I wanted to touch and inspire millions, I was going to have to come up with a different process. So I use a lot of different processes, um, embroidery, uh, screen print, DTG, uh, cut and sew. So. And is everything done here in Detroit, Valdez? How does that work? Yes, I I get everything done here locally. Wow, that's yep. really impressive. How many people work with you to get all this done? About six people. That's amazing. six six person team. And that sounds like you guys are probably working around the clock to meet this demand for this popular clothing. Oh yeah, definitely and definitely. Uh, Prior to the grand opening, it was a lot of sleepless nights. <laughs> Are you hoping to someday have a store in Detroit? I know you've got the pop-up. It's going to be in the 1400 block of Woodward in downtown Detroit for eight months. What's the plan down the road? Well, I would love to to permanently be um, on a, on a, at, at 1419 Woodward, um, so... I'm going to speak that to existence and say I'm going to stay there. Oh. I would love to be in California, in Melrose. I would love to have a store in New York. I would love to have a store in Miami. Also, I would love to have a store in Paris. So I, w- I would love to be international as well. That's my angle. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, Valdez Hodge, it is so great to meet you, and we wish you all the best. We're going to check in with you in six months just to see how you're doing and uh, to talk a little bit more about this incredible clothing. Thank you so much, Anne, for having me. You are listening to Opportunity Detroit. Coming up next, you'll meet the man behind a very popular sports clothing and memorabilia company. We'll be back right after this. Listening to Opportunity Detroit, brought to you by Rocket Mortgage. Fanatic U started out in 1982 as Action Toy Company when its founder and president, Greg Every, opened up a booth at the Gibraltar Trade Center. They sold battery operated cars and barking dogs, along with many other fun products. Then in 1984, when the Detroit Tigers made it to the World Series, Action Toy became 
Action Sportswear, opening its first outdoor stand underneath the walking bridge on I-75 at Tiger Stadium. They were the ones who sold the famous Bless You Boys t-shirts. And we now welcome founder and president Greg Every to the show. Greg, welcome. Thanks for having me. So how did you get into this business? This is fascinating. Well, it started because Tigers, of course, in the summer, I went to a few games. I was like 21, and I was going to a bunch of these Tiger games down there. There's one game I, in particular, I got there. I was walking up that long ramp to our seats up in the upper deck. And uh, by the time we got there in the second inning, it was already like 13 to 1. It was crazy. It was like Tigers were just, they just, just went crazy. And we just, <laughs> wow, what a good game we just missed. And uh, so, all the fans were crazy, nuts. And I was working in Gibraltar Trade Center, and there's a guy that I knew that knew the guy that Bernie Smilovitz came up with the Bless Boys slogan. Sure. He just uh, capitalized and made a T-shirt for it. So he goes, "Hey, let's go sell these downtown." And I bought like 144 when they uh, when they clinched uh, Kansas City, and we sold out in like five minutes. And then wow. I found a guy who has had these. Um, uh, tent stands all over town, and you see them nowadays with, te- with Detroit's and championships. And I just went up to the guy working there and goes, hey, where do you get this stuff? Can I buy it wholesale from somebody? He, goes, he gave me the number to his boss. I went and met his boss and opened my own little stand and went crazy again. And when they played the Padres, I went to that clinching game, and we sold like 500 T-shirts in about 20 minutes. I mean, I've just, you know, after I went to California, of course, I wanted to be a stuntman. That didn't work out. But I, yeah, but I loved you know, hustling uh, merchandise. I've been doing it since I was eight, selling golf balls back to golfers. And um, I was talking with this guy, goes, let's, let's get some more of these shirts. And just, you know, lo and behold, like two weeks go by, and I, and I make, like, me and this guy split $10,000, like, in profit. It's like, wow, this is great business. And, then you know, I didn't want to stay in the uh, flea market for the whole my whole life. But uh, it was a great start. And then uh, the guy that I bought the original stuff from over in um, Lincoln Park at a hotel he was at said, hey, we do this all the time. We go out of town. Uh, we're going to go to Palo Alto for the Super Bowl when it's uh, when it's out there. And he goes, you, you come with us. We'll sell you merchandise. And I went out there. I didn't do as well, but I still did okay. Sure. Then I started doing NBA championships, NHL championships, NCAA Final Fours, which are fun. And went crazy for about 10 years. I kept doing this. And Everybody kept telling me to get a store. Yeah, look, you got to get a store. You know, you'll do so well. And so I finally did in 1996. And uh, of course, they they won the President's Cup in '96, so we did real well there. Then '97, just it was crazy. There's a new fad with those car flags that everybody had in their cars. Right, right. I mean, if you're old enough to remember that. You just know every just. It was almost like a parade because everybody had them. Yes, and, I remember uh, those. It was the best because the the good part about it is. These car flags were new to them. As soon as you rolled your window on, you'd lose it. You know, because people are going to go back on the highway. They have to get two or three from us. And, you know, and one, one guy came in and had one on each side of the window. He goes, I rolled down the other window. Go, oh, and then he, cause he rolls down his, the other window on the other side. And he goes, I lost both at once. So I gave him a discount to get get a couple more. But uh, it was, it just, I just remember That's that hilarious. story particularly because it's like the guy felt like foolish. I go, listen, I sold about 50 or 60 of these just for the same reason. Oh, God, I feel a lot better. <laughs> so your first store was on Joy Row. Yep, right, just right across the border from Westland, where I grew up. And, and then uh, you went on to open a... more stores. Talk about the other stores oh, yeah. that are open. 
Um, well, we we opened uh, we opened our one in Livonia in ninety ninety six, and we opened another one in ninety seven on Five Mile because just we went a big, bigger store because the, the boys were doing so well. And then um, and we opened another one. I I moved from Five Mile down to Garden City in nineteen ninety nine. And then uh, opened up in Taylor in 2006, Southfield in 2007. Um, I opened up in Frazier in, like, I think 2011. And then uh, just I opened a bunch of others in Novi and Brighton. And finally, you know, 2015 came along. The teams were kind of doing bad. Cause they had a, it was a great run from, like, 97 all the way oh, until 2015. Right. There, was, there was always a team in, in winning something. So and you then, have uh, one in Detroit, right? You've got a store in Detroit yeah, and then now. Yeah, we, the one we opened in Detroit was in 2015, okay. oddly enough. But uh, I've been trying to get. I was trying to get that uh, store forever. And if you're downtown, you know, it doesn't matter how the teams are doing. You know, the audience there on the way to the game, so they're, they're picking something up on the way, and if they win, things are all crazy. So people <laughs> are all excited. They come and buy something when they leave. So but, uh, explain and, to our listeners why you think that sports wear, sports clothing, memorabilia is so popular with people. People just like to wear their their team. It's a, they're proud of their city, so it's just a good a good reason. Because a lot of you know, there's a lot of people that just wear Detroit stuff that doesn't have a team affiliated to it. But people just like to have it. It's where they're from, and in the summer they'll be going on summer vacations. Up, they'll come up and load it in my main store. And the guy that people just say, "I just got. It. I'm going to Texas. I'm going to Florida. I just want to represent my team." And you know, they'll pick up a bunch of things for that. And the same way, some people that have moved out of Detroit, like from Texas, you know, California, wherever they come to Detroit. And the one guy just just the other day. When uh, I moved from my tailor store to Southgate, he goes, I'm so glad I, you had a sign in your window that you moved because I come up every year and I load up because, you know, you just can't get the stuff where I'm from. So what are and the most popular items right now that you're selling? Uh, lions, lions, oh. lions, lions. It's the, the the team is just they're showing so much promise. I mean, the, the organization from the top down is just looks like a team again. And, you know, they had such a great run. They went 10 and 2 the last 12 games or eight two of the last 10 games last year they look so good doing it beating really good teams and just they just look great and uh, you know they're making all great moves and all these all these starters are playing so people are excited they're you know we're we're just gearing up for uh late july august when tra- training camp starts and uh people will be coming in looking for looking for lions gear well they already are Our sales sure. are up about 110 percent on lions on the off season really that's incredible just, so I, do oh. the sales rise and fall on what whatever team people think is going to do really well in the new season? Oh yeah, yeah. And, the, and the, I mean, there's only so much they can spend. So the, if one team is doing great and uh, another team comes along and does great, they take a little bit from the sales from the other team. But it's all it's all feast or famine. I mean, when when times are bad, people aren't buying. With, when times are good, everybody wants a shirt. Everybody wants a piece of uh, you know, the Lions and the Red Wings and stuff. And just, you know, they just want to, they want to represent. You have a very interesting startup story. I mean, you started in a booth and now you're this wildly successful businessman in Detroit. What are some of the keys to your success? Well, it's just, it's uh, hard work. I'm now, I'm now 60. So it's, uh, it's a little tough because you, you just need a lot of energy because, you know, back, back in the day in 97, I was putting, you know, I probably went two, three weeks where I was getting four to six hours a night 
consistently. And then when they when they win, you got to get the shirts, you got to get them out there quick. So, you know, you're you're done watching a game at like eleven o'clock at, at night, but you're also dealing with uh, your people that are selling for you, getting that stuff, uh, counting inventory, counting revenue, and right. uh, and then you're getting up at like four in the morning because they just won a championship, and you got to be at the printer to get the shirts for somebody else does. And then you got to run to the store, divide it out, get them all, get them all to the stores. And then you just, it's just constant, just a lot of energy, a lot of work to focus, you know, during the championship. And, um, and you gotta be, gotta be, uh, hip to the trends that are, that are coming. Like what are people wearing? You know, certain, you know, mm-hmm. certain styles are, are going and you buy them. And sometimes it's really, uh, agonizing because one year people will be asking, Oh, you got to get the bucket hat. You got to do the visor. And then you buy them for the next year. And then people are moved on to something else. Right. Yeah, that's true. You know, I think it's very fitting that the dog was barking in light of the fact yeah. that you did start the business selling barking dogs back in 1982 so it's perfect well, it's i don't know if you planned it that too. way <laughs> no, I did. I, you know it's funny you heard it. i did i was so numb to her <laughs> i think it's perfect so what's the yeah. future for you what are your plans are you going to keep opening stores or are you satisfied with what you're doing now well i think when they uh the if the lions do uh do what they're supposed to do then i'm gonna open up a bunch of Temporary stores, two to two to three more temporary stores, and in, in the old areas that I used to be at, one more championship run, and uh, you know we have a place down in Florida, but we're looking to settle in down there and you know enjoy. It sounds like you deserve that, Greg Every, because you have worked really hard and you have been a very impressive force in this business. Is there anything before I let you go that you want our listeners to know about your businesses as we get into the all the big sports season, football season? Well, just let them know I just got a huge shipment of uh, Michigan, Michigan State gear. Oh. Um, a lot of hats. A popular hat is uh, a lot of the suit, the service. They got one. It's uh, Operation Hat Trick, which uh, which uh, <laughs> a woman started over, uh, um, you know, something to give back to the, the veterans and stuff like that. And uh, got got a tons of Michigan, Michigan State stuff. And we're gearing up. We got our uh, new uh, Fall Light Alliance gear. It's the 90th anniversary, so we got a lot of. Uh, merchandise that shows the uh ninth anniversary of the lions oh and people are people are already coming in for stuff like that oh, that's awesome um, and also my my t- my southgate store just uh opened it up last week we're still still don't have the sign we're still working with the sign company to, to get it over there but uh we are open it's brand new clean and just uh we're excited excited to start on eureka road now we're all uh, the about five times the traffic that allen road used to have Greg Every, founder and president of Fanatic U. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was really great to learn more about your company. I appreciate you coming and asking. And I'm Ann Thomas. Thank you for listening to Opportunity Detroit. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.